ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Second episode ever of the E, J, and C pod, uh, NFL pod, actually. That's what we're calling it. I'm not even that familiar with the name yet because, as y'all saw last week, I didn't even have a name. But this week, or this episode, we'll say, I'm bringing on one of my uh, closest friends in life, Jason. And what we're going to do is just going to bullshit about the NFL, essentially. But Jason, what's up, dude? What's up? How you doing? How you living? How you living? Man, I'm living strong right now, you know. <laughs> I'm watching hey, boys. It's a Tuesday Oof. night. How, how, yeah. much, how much stronger could you be? That's fact. These are facts. Yeah, and then and full full disclosure, we're recording this uh, during the halftime of the Baltimore-Dallas game, which is a lot <laughs> – which is not as close as the score would indicate. But basically, what we're going to do in this episode, uh, we're going to break down the NFC East because I personally think – and I know Jason kind of uh, mirrors my thoughts on this – this is one of the most interesting divisions because it's so close. It's so weird. And one of these teams is going to host a playoff game in December. And I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's a whole different uh, premise for a whole different podcast. But before I get into that, I want to ask Jason the question. I want to ask you a question, man. So I talked about last, last episode about how uh, <laughs> Tennessee was such a better team than Cleveland. And uh, did I curse? Did I curse the Titans? Yeah, well, either that or Baker Mayfield has got a surprising interest in you because um, he came out full man, and uh, I don't think we were ready for that at all. Um, You definitely cursed us. You definitely cursed us. Um, You know, quick thoughts on that. Uh, People just don't realize how strong an arm that guy's got, and they don't realize how accurate he is with it either. Um, They're criminally underrated right now. I'm not even going to be that upset about it. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of the guy. Um, love love the humor, love the personality. Think he could take it all the way, but uh, we'll see him again. That's, that's for that. sure. You're not gonna stop. You don't just like I said about Pittsburgh. You're not gonna stop Derrick Henry twice in one year. Indianapolis found out. Everybody that's, else will find out. That's that's very true. I mean, nobody foresaw him coming out and throwing four touchdowns. I mean, you know, that, that's just wild. And you're right, man. I, I, we had a conversation. We were literally watching the game, and was it 2018 when he replaced Tyrod? And we were or Tyrod, <laughs> and we were saying, man, this kid looks like a, a young Drew Brees. Just the way he plays with such such accuracy and and zip on the ball. And yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I think he's gotten a bad a bad rap, and actually, he hasn't played that well the past uh, season and a half. But I mean, he's a toolsy guy. He's got everything. He, I mean, you know, and he has the team. I think I actually really like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a, a, a really good head coach for, for. I mean, he's nine and three, dude. I mean, Jesus, uh, the record speaks for itself. But I, I think you're right. I would love to see that game again. And you know, when when, when the circumstance, when the, all the chips are on the table, I think, um, man, I, I thought it was going to be a better game than it was. But I think next time, if if they do, if and when they do meet. Um, it, it's going to be nice. It's going to be a good game for sure. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, man. So what we want to do, like I said, we're going to cover the NFC East. Before, uh, the first thing I'm going to do is just going to break down essentially the standings. Um, this kind of surprised me as I was doing research for our episode today. But so right now we've got New York, uh, the New York Giants and the Washington football team at five and seven. Uh, New York is on top, uh, I think, due to the tiebreaker. we got Philadelphia at three, eight and one. And we got Dallas at three and eight. We'll see if they end up being four and eight or three and nine after tonight. Um, so what I mean, 
it, did this shake out at all how you thought it was going to at the beginning of the season, Jason? Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I think we all kind of expected Dallas uh, to repeat uh, that playoff appearance, and I think we expected the football team to literally fall apart. Um, <laughs> and it seems like it went the actually the opposite the opposite way. Um, I don't think a lot of people were paying that great of amount of attention to Daniel Jones. I think some of the moves that New York made last year uh, really steered people away from that team. And, and, you know, now we're finding out the guy's a turnover machine. You know, mm-hmm. we, we would have believed last year that he was the second coming of – or the third coming of a man. A fourth coming. Fourth coming. Yeah. The fourth <laughs> Don't coming you forget Archie now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and now we're noticing, now we're seeing, like, this guy, this guy's a turnover machine. And look, surprise, surprise, Colt McCoy, number one in the wow. division. What are we doing? I don't know. And I'll let you talk about Carson Wentz. I think you probably got some special <laughs> feelings about Carson Wentz. Uh, I argue with people all offseason on Twitter about Carson Wentz. You know, is he better than Dak? Is Dak better than Carson? I mean, you know. Dak got to play what I think five five or six games this season. He was on pace for literally like, literally like eight thousand passing yards. So I mean, I'll, I'll let the uh, the proof is in the pudding there. Uh, Carson Wentz has looked horrendous. I mean, he he literally just got benched for a rookie quarterback who um, uh, uh, the head coach of the Peterman Doug Peter Jesus I couldn't remember his name. Uh, the head coach of the Eagles has already came out and said Jalen Hurts is a starter for week 14. So that's the state of Carson Wentz at this point. I don't, he, his offensive line has been trash. It's been hurt and everything like that. I get that. Um, his receivers have been hurt, but at the end of the day, the man is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. And he had this shining reputation as, Oh, in 2017, he was going to be the MVP if he didn't break his back or whatever he did or his leg or whatever it was. Um, I think that we've really, he's really been exposed as, as as one of those quarterbacks, as quarterbacks can do, get super duper hot. Uh, Cam Newton, twenty fifteen, uh, get super duper hot and just play out of their freaking mind, like a like a J.R. Smith game. You know, J.R. Smith, the the shooting guard for I don't know half the teams in the NBA. <laughs> he he gets you know how he does, man. We used to watch games together. He gets on those streaks and he'll make six, seven, eight threes in a row. And then the next game, what's he do? Well, it's yeah, exactly. Six man of the six man of the century. Uh, but sure. man, you know, I think we have to look at it like we look at, at most things um, in, in the NFL, and it's it's offensive line. It's it's the same reason that even Dallas right now is struggling. Mm-hmm. When when Carson Wentz came in, that's easily one of the best offensive lines in my generation that I can remember seeing. One hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the best, and and it's it's dissolved. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys have aged out. A lot of those guys have gone mm-hmm. on to other teams. Got hurt. Gotten hurt. Lane Johnson has been hurt pretty much the entire season. Correct, and you know, and, and you see the same thing happening with Dallas right now. Yeah, um, I I feel like Andy Dalton could get a lot more done, and I think that's probably the reason they're hanging in this game right now is that he is a lot more competent than uh, a lot of the media would <laughs> would like you to know. Agreed. One hundred percent agree with that. Um, but yeah, so that we went through the standings real quick. I thought I thought it was crazy, man. You've got two teams in the in the NFC East standings that are going in opposite directions. The New York Giants has, has actually won their last four games in a row. Uh, granted, not against super great competition. However, last week they beat Seattle, who I consider probably the second best team in the uh, in the NFC. And then you got Philadelphia. They've lost four games in a row. Um, so it's it's kind of a tale of two two cities, <laughs> if you will, uh, to quote a bit of literature there. Um, but man, I, I, I'm just curious in, in your opinion, I think this is like 
the real question I won't answer. Who in the world is winning that division? Yeah, it's so rough. Um, you know, I have to say, I have to put some faith here. When I look at this schedule, and for all four teams, for all four teams, when I look <laughs> at these schedules, the football team, defense wins football wins football games, man. Defense wins games. But, mm-hmm. but Dallas has all the weapons. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I don't think New York repeats that. I think they get slammed immediately by Arizona. Uh, they have to follow up with Cleveland, who we were bragging on Baker a little bit ago. Then a Baltimore, Baltimore team that's still competing. And they finish with Dallas. So, right there, if they if we say they beat Dallas, they're three and they're one and three. They're one and three. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like I like gambling on the strengths here. And you have a Dallas football team who has all the offensive weapons, and then you have a Washington football team, uh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> who is just relying on that defense. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say I'm 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 going to go with the Washington football team, and the reason I say that. Flashback nine years, 2011. Matt Hasselbeck. Oh my gosh. Matt Hasselbeck, one of the worst. Okay. One of the worst receiving cores <laughs> you've ever seen in your entire life, and that's not a knock on Washington, but they're not they're not amazing. Um, you look at it and you remember seven to nine playoff appearance. Most people remember that game because of Marshawn Lynch. They don't remember that game as a team in an entire losing division who wormed their way in. Seven and nine. Washington football team. They play San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina, Philly. I'm calling it now. Washington football team, seven and nine. NFC East. They're going to the playoffs. You know, it's so funny you say that because I'm sitting here looking at this, the, uh, the schedule as well. And, uh, you know, I just kind of did a little combination of the opponent's winning percentage for all four of the NFC East teams. And you're right, man. The Giants have got the, the hardest schedule, the hardest remaining four games. And uh, Philly has the second hardest. And they actually have to play uh, New Orleans next week and then follow up that with an Arizona game. So, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I said at the beginning of the season in passing, it may have been me and you talking or somebody talking, I can't remember. But I was really impressed with this this the front seven of of the football team. I mean, you have Chase Young is a generational talent, right? Absolutely. It could be argued. I mean, obviously you had you know uh, Joe Burrow there, so you're not going to take uh, uh, a freaking Chase Young over him. But I mean, I pulled up some stats, just a few stats of the of the football team this year, and it it is shocking how good that defense is. So, uh, in terms of team defense, this is uh, this is the, the this is Washington's kind of rank. So they're fourth in overall in fewest yards per game given up, third in pass yards given up, and that's this is these are all fewest, obviously not the most. Tenth in rushing defense, eighth in points against, uh, and that's in fewest in terms of fewest. I mean, they're tied for third in sacks, and they only give up an eighty-seven point seven passer rating to opponents. I mean, you said it best. The whole the the old saying is defense wins championships. Now I don't think anybody's saying that. That this this the Washington team is going to go and and start you know running roughshod in the NFC playoffs, but could they upset a team in the in the divisional round or, or the wild card round? You're damn right they could. Yeah, and they move the I'm, ball I'm, so well in the flat. 
with with JD, mm-hmm. we're so concerned with Antonio Gibson right now. But people are forgetting that JD McKissick, he, he was putting up starting wide receiver numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, over two games this season, he saw twenty nine targets. Yeah. in two games. I mean, Jesus, dude. I think and he's you're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and I think Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud. I mean, one of everybody talks about. I think it's crazy he's gotten so overshadowed by DK Metcalf. And granted. Metcalf has been insane, and he has that big old body, and he's huge, and he's a good – he's very marketable. I, you're telling me if, – if we're talking – I'm going to take a little bit of, of fantasy football talk. If we're talking dynasty, I don't care. Give me Terry McLaurin. I know that that DK has Russell Wilson. I just think Terry McLaurin is a much better talent than him. He don't drop the ball every – I don't know, every other freaking – actually, DK Metcalf is number six in total drops in wide receivers this year. Yeah, well, you know, DK's going to take a lot of contested balls, too. A lot of guys are going to want to go man up with That's DK. true. You know there's a lot of locker room talk going on, going, this guy's not going to come out here and make me look like a child. That, that, and, that's, and that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you it's happening oh. across the NFL. Oh, agreed. When the new hotness comes in, they're like, no, 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 no. Not in my house type thing. So, so I get it that, you know, it's kind of like any of those uh, prize fighter or, you know, uh, when you're on top, people give you their best shots. And, and DK is definitely – Metcalf is definitely on top. And, and that's, I'm not saying he's not a supreme talent because he definitely is. But if, if it's dynasty fantasy football, I might be one of the few, but give me Terry McLaurin. I don't even – I ain't even worried about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm leaning towards what you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm, in, I'm in total agreement with you. I think the, the football team um, finished – I could definitely see them finishing 7-9. and nine. Um, I think they might drop that one game to to Seattle you know I mean but Seattle's shown it's, it can be beat obviously um so I mean yeah they could definitely uh, you know split their games there uh I mean I could see a take I could see a, a, a reality where they go three and one and end up you know freaking eight eight this is true <laughs> that would be this that would be kind of wild this man. is true but you you know and here's the thing and this is where I gotta play a little devil's advocate you with all that being said if Dallas wins tonight, if Dallas wins tonight, Oof. they have Cincinnati, Philly, and New York. The only real team they're playing is San Francisco, and they still have a losing record. Dallas absolutely yeah. could win out. If they win tonight, they can win out, go 9-8, and eight, walk into the playoffs. They absolutely can. Man, that would be how, – how wild would that be, too? I mean, that would be one of the comeback – it would be a comeback for the ages, absolutely. And I will just be honest with you, Jason. As a Dallas fan, <laughs> I kind of want them to just keep losing because <laughs> I want I want that top five pick. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, there's a few other podcasts I listen to and stuff, and, and one is very Dallas centric, and they talk about it like they're just the uh, they're so torn between wanting to see a competitive team and then really wanting one of these top five picks and what looks to be a loaded uh, 2021 class. Um, but no, man, that's kind of wild. I, I didn't expect you to come in with it because we didn't talk about this at all, like who we were going to take or anything. Uh, I wasn't expecting you to come in with the Washington, uh, with the Washington love. No, it, I, I didn't expect it either. I, I just looked down and I, you know, <laughs> I just let no, I feel take you. Place. You get sometimes you got to let your heart speak. You oh, know? I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, I know you're surrounded by by Washington fans. Oh no, not not yet. Yeah, here and here I am. Yeah, here in Virginia, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, friends of family for sure um a few yeah. a few that uh just a little too annoying about it but you know i'll just have to, uh, the one one that hits us up every single time they win and you know 
is, is given the war cry and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, using that that old school rhetoric. The old school saying, yeah. You know, I, I will say one thing before we uh, we're gonna we're gonna cl- end end here in a few minutes, but well, I did want to say one thing. Now, Colt McCoy is starting uh, right now for the Giants, but actually, Daniel Jones did get a limited practice in last Friday before uh, they upset the the Seahawks. So I'm curious. It looks like he might be starting uh, this upcoming week against Arizona. Oh, okay. I thought I'd read somewhere that uh, they, they wouldn't give they wouldn't give the go ahead on Daniel Jones. Yeah, so it's not official yet. This is just speculation by me. Um, just just reports I read where I knew that he did get the limited practice in, and I was reading uh, the head. I think Joe Judge is up there. I see it. Is that Joe Judge? Uh, yes. Is that Matt Rule? Okay, yeah, Joe Judge is up there, and then Matt Rule is down in Carolina. I, could, I always get them too confused because they came in at the same time, uh, kind of from the you know. But anyways, um, he he was talking about how he wants Daniel to or Daniel Jones to be able to protect himself, whereas because it was a hamstring injury, he wants him to be able to navigate the pocket. And uh, it sounded to me like the head coach was saying our offensive line is not super great. So when you get killed, and when you're you know when everyone's coming to kill you, we want you to be able to move around and protect yourself. Yeah, so, and I just want to say that there's a reason those two teams are on the top. And we talked about stats. We talked about, you know, I made the comment about Daniel Jones turning the ball over. It's kind of crazy to think, hey, look, this team's on the top of the division, and this guy throws a pick a game. So you got to think about it. It's wild. And he fumbles. A, he has a fumble a game, too. I mean, yeah, he's a turnover machine. And, and, and so the thing, and I hate, I, I really, you know, I don't, I don't love, I don't get off on making fun of these guys. But I, I just, you know, my sure. thing is, they have they have a patriot uh, or an expatriate coach. They mm-hmm. have a an offensive coordinator who just stepped away from coaching one of the biggest teams in football, had a playoff appearance. They have a great great coaching staff, and you can say the same thing about the football team. You know, Ron Rivera mm-hmm. comes in there and he immediately commands. Um, he changes cultures. That's what he does. Right. And uh, you look at Philly. And, you know, I just say this about Philly. Uh, I, Peterson had a lot of talent when he got there. Basically what I said earlier about Carson Wentz, that offensive line and the talent around him. Peterson had a lot to play with when he got there. But, look, this is not Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. And it's sad because he's an Andy Reid product, much like mm-hmm. uh, much like his friend over in Chicago. Um, doesn't seem like oh, they translate. It doesn't seem like they translate. I'm gonna take a bold. I'm gonna make. A, I'm gonna make a bold comment and say it doesn't seem like they translate. Um, you know, the Bill Belichick disciples, however, they they have seemed to to fare a little bit better, um, with the exclusion of tell us they tell it to Matt yeah, Patricia. The exclusion of Matt Patricia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, th- there's definitely more numbers. Um, yeah. But I think that's what you're seeing is the the cultures are are what's pushing these guys ahead of the pack, so to speak. Agreed. I, I 100% agreed. And I think that's something that people can talk about, you know, Matt Nagy being some sort of offensive genius. And Lord knows people have tried to say it about Adam Gates, which I don't, I, that's a, that's like a six series podcast that I can do. Episode my, three. We can all Episode do three. Bro, Oh my God. We'll do it. Cause I have oh, anyways. Um, but I think a head coach is, you know, they don't necessarily need to be some sort of amazing offensive mind or defensive mind or anything like that. Um, not everyone's Andy Reid or Mike Zimmer, but what they need to do is be able to command young men uh, respect and be able to to lead through through like we were talking about culture and establishing a culture of of togetherness and freaking toughness or you know whatever you know all this all this the, to, the buzzwords that people to use. Quote the Patriots: um, "Do your job." Do your job, absolutely, man. I think. 
Yes, absolutely. I think any good organi- organization, especially a football team, where it's a f- such a physical thing, uh, can can benefit by following that creed. <laughs> do your job. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Do your job well, and you're going to be fine. Um, that's that's kind of my opinion. But yeah. So, anything to add? I'm gonna I'm gonna freaking we're gonna we're gonna cut it off here. And uh, we'll leave y'all with some, some, something to, to leave you wanting. <laughs> yeah. Well, ho- hopefully they'll want more. Hopefully uh, I'll be back for episode three and uh, maybe they can let us Facts, know. Man. Do they want, do they want, they want us to crack open a can of gays for them or. Ooh, let's go. Oh man. I would, I might have to like get some sort of, uh, I'm going to be yelling the whole time. So I'm going to have to get a better mic so I don't scream. I feel like it doesn't like distort everything. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not even a Jets fan. He just, his oh okay I, dude you see me I'm, I'm ready to jump on this but no man um i know you don't have a personal twitter did you want to plug your um the twitter that you use um sure um i if you want to man no, it's no big deal you know I t- uh, yeah you t- i'll tell you what we'll just um we'll just we'll have to make me one after this we'll have to make me one after this. facts okay cool yeah 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 so uh well y'all can y'all know me um you might know me. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to post this on Twitter, but yeah, I'm at uh, Fantasy BBQ. Uh, my name is Eric. That is Jason, uh, my brother from another mother. And uh, yeah, just breaking down a little NFC East for y'all. We're going to be back again uh, probably next next Wednesday or so. We'll see. Man, we might just be so pumped up about this. We pump another one out right after the night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, Jason, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was some really, really fun talking some football. Absolutely. With you. I loved it. All right, but we'll we'll talk to you later. We'll see y'all. We'll see y'all um, next week, and uh, y'all be good.